Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. few episodes ago, I put out a call for any cases related to the missing Texas 40. Well, this is another disappearance from that area. Danielle Sleeper has been missing from Magnolia, Texas since March 22, 2015. She was last seen at a barbecue she attended with her son and husband. At some point, her husband, Austin, wanted her to leave, but Danielle wanted to stay the night with her friends. An argument ensued, and Danielle eventually acquiesced in leaving the party with her husband. She left her suburban vehicle, which she had taken separately, and got into her husband's Ford F-350 pickup truck. They left the party sometime around 1 a.m. The next day, family and friends were concerned when they hadn't heard from Danielle. She was usually incredibly responsive. When the husband returned to the trailer park where the barbecue was, some of Danielle's friends asked where she was. He seemed a little off and gave an odd answer when she told him that she tended to make friends and then disappear. Danielle's family also became suspicious and decided to visit her house. They found the home in disarray, and her husband, Austin, acting strange. Police were called, but to this day, there have been no clear answers on what happened to Danielle or where she might be. Danielle's family says there's no way she would have left her three boys of her own volition. The family is offering a $21,000 reward for information leading to her whereabouts. If you know anything about Danielle's disappearance, please contact the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office at 936 760 5876. Also, please check out the Bring Danielle Home Facebook page for more information on Danielle's case. I spoke to Tana, Danielle's sister, about her disappearance. I only get to know these people through, you know, the research I do online, and so it's nice to hear from family and friends what missing persons, you know, what they're like. And I'm wondering if you can start by telling me, you know, um, you know, what was what is Danielle like? What's her personality like? She had a huge personality. She was a 
lover of all, all sorts of things and people. Like, she didn't know a stranger. She was very sociable, um, very helping, always always wanting to help somebody, um, just loving. And she was very much about family, especially her three boys. And if you were to describe her physically, what were her uh, characteristics? Brown hair, hazel eyes. She had a few tattoos. She had a, a tattoo of a frog on top of her right ankle with uh, one of her sons named Dylan and Colton. She uh, had a cross, on, a tattoo on her back. Um, she had a tribal tattoo on the top of her left foot. It was a large one. It covered most of her foot. Um, I don't know, five, seven at the time that she went missing. She, she was quite skinny, uh, 120 pounds, roughly. She was always just very well groomed, very well taken care of. At the time that she went missing prior to, um, her husband had gotten mad at her. My sister had long hair, probably went down to her mid-back. And he got mad one night and cut her hair off above her shoulders. That's horrible. It sounds like things between her and her husband were maybe quite volatile leading up to her disappearance. Like, just from what I read uh, in the news articles and on the Facebook page, like, was that your sense, too? What was your correspondence like with your sister prior to her going missing? She did have it very rough with him. She was talking divorce. She was not happy. She had been sleeping on the couch for a number of years, actually, uh, separate from her husband. Um. They had, he was very controlling, very controlling, but she always felt like she never had a, a way out because he went, like, she would try to work, but he would find ways to get her fired by showing up at her job um, and stuff. So she wasn't able, other than child support coming in, which was a hit and miss from her ex-husband, she didn't really have a form of means of being able to move out and, and take care of her kids on her own. And she was a very prideful person, so she didn't want to come move in with me. And she had already tried once living with my parents. But, you know, once you're an adult and you've got your own kids, you just kind of don't want to go back kind of situation. So she just stuck it out, really. But um, prior to her missing, she was going to court a lot. Um, over custody of her two older boys because uh, her current husband, Austin, that she was living with, was accused of child abuse to one of her older boys. So there was a lot of stuff going on at the time that she went missing. And she has uh, three kids, right? Correct. All boys, right? Correct. What kind of mother is uh, she? It sounds like obviously very protective. Was an awesome mom. Like, them kids were her life. That's the only reason that she got up every day was for them kids. She was a big kid herself with her, her boys. You know, it, she just, 
She loves hanging with them and playing with them and doing things with them. I guess I don't want to jump too far ahead, so maybe let's talk about the night that Danielle went missing first. From what I understand, from what I read uh, from the articles and the Facebook page again, was that her he Danielle and her husband had attended a barbecue the night before she went missing. There might have been some sort of um, argument or something that happened, and they left. And basically, from what I understand, that's the last time anyone saw your sister. Can you tell me about that night and you know what you've been able to uncover, uh, you know, leading up to to her going missing that night? So actually, starting from that morning, uh, my sister was supposed to go. Um, she had supervised visitation with her two older boys, and she had multiple alarms set to get up to go see them. And Austin had turned all of them off. So she had missed her visitation with her two older boys and was very upset. So she left the house by herself, um, leaving the youngest one with Austin, and uh, went shopping and ran into a friend at Walmart. And she invited my sister over to her house to hang out. So my sister went over there. Well, later that afternoon, um, they asked her if she wanted to stay over and uh, be a part of a barbecue that they were having over at the house. So she called Austin to uh, come over. Let me back up a little bit. I kind of jumped ahead of myself. She did go back by the house and pick up her son. Her son and herself went over to the friend's house. Later that evening, she called Austin to see if he wanted to come over, which he did show up over there. It had gotten late in the evening, and by that point, my sister just wanted to stay the night over there. Uh, Hagen was having fun playing with her kids. And she didn't want to go home. And Austin got very angry and said that his wife was going to go home with him, that she was not going to stay there, and proceeded to uh, tell their son, you know, to get his stuff and get in the car that they were leaving. He didn't want to leave either. And had gotten very combative with Hagen because he was not listening. And my sister ended up having to get in between them to to kind of shield him from his dad's anger. And they proceeded into an argument about what she was going to do and not do. And so my sister stepped outside and he made her get in his truck. Her vehicle was at the friend's house. So the three of them loaded up in her truck but before they did their arguing was so loud outside that it had woke up some of the neighbors it had drawn the neighbors out of their home and to the the loudness that had transpired with the argument um when they left from my understanding it was probably around midnight one o'clock in the morning when they left uh, according to her husband, they went home and she went to sleep on the couch and him and his son went and slept in the bedroom. But at three o'clock in the morning, 
one of the friends from the party tried to reach out to my sister via text asking if everything was okay and never got a response back from her, which is very unusual. My sister always had her phone on her. It didn't matter what time of day or night. She responded. She didn't ignore people. Um, so it was it was strange that she never got back with anybody, not even the next morning. From the friends that they were at the house at had told us the next day, uh, Austin had gone back over there to help her husband and another friend move some stuff. And they had asked where Danielle was because she was supposed to come back over and dye her friend's hair. Like, they had already bought all this stuff and had plans on my sister doing her hair. And he made the comment to them that they didn't need to worry about her anymore. She does those kind of things. She makes friends and then just disappears. So they felt that that was very weird and unusual that he would make a comment like that. And all day that he was over there, he kept asking them to let him know when it was 3 o'clock. They don't know what the significance of that was, but at 3 he left um, for a little bit. When he got back, he told all of them that she had left, that she wasn't even at home. And he didn't know where she was. And so does, you know, because if, you know, the son going back with him that night, does he have any recollection of what happened when they got home? Like, did the fighting continue or did he get dropped off somewhere? Like, do we, do you know what, so what ended up happening? from our understanding, he was at home because he told everybody that Danielle went to sleep on the couch and that him and Hagen slept in the bed together in the master bedroom. So when our detective, our very first detective that we had on the case, Tom Ganucci, when he uh, interviewed and asked questions, Hagen was off limits because Austin had obtained an attorney for himself and his son and was told that they could not interview Hagen. They couldn't ask him any questions. So... Still to this day, as far as I know, no one's been able to ask Hagen or talk to him about that night. Granted, he was three, but at three, I feel that he still knew things. I remember things from when I was two. And when something to this extent, I think, you know, he does know things. And I think that's why Austin hired an attorney for him and his son, along with his mother as well. She hired an attorney, um, and none of them spoke. I think they did interview Austin, but it was very brief. Yeah, and my understanding, and this is, again, just what I read uh, from the news reports, but it sounded like Austin's alibi, or, or what he claims, is that the following morning he went out to run errands and came back and Danielle was gone. Is that kind of what you've heard as well? That's kind of what, what he says anyway? Yes, that's what he that's what he's told everybody. But now, mind you, my sister's vehicle was left behind at the front. So when he left the house, so he claims he left her sleeping on the couch, 
the next morning, she had no means of transportation to leave. Nobody has ever came forth and said that she called them for a ride. My sister never walked anywhere. So she either had to call for a ride or had her own vehicle, which was not there. It was still at the friend's house from the night before because he made her ride home with him. And it sounds like Danielle, I mean, as much as she maybe wanted to run away, she wouldn't abandon her kids like that. Like she wouldn't leave on her own volition, right? Absolutely not. Once the um, police get involved, I know we kind of talked about it before we started recording that there was a lot of frustration there. What was that like? And what did you think of their initial investigation into your sister's disappearance? So can I back up a little bit before I answer that? Because it was a whole ordeal just even getting the cops out to the house. So the next day, apparently Austin had called um, my sister's best friend, Jenny, and had asked if she had seen or heard from Danielle. And she felt that that was very strange because, one, Austin had never had his, her number. Danielle did, but he didn't. And he's never reached out and contacted her before. So it kind of sent red flags up for her. So she called me asking me if I knew where Danielle was and what was going on. And I'm like, I don't have a clue, you know, what's going on. So in return, I called my mother and told her what was going on. And she started making some phone calls. And Austin gave her the same line that, you know, they he had went to go help some friends and came back and she was gone. So... That started sending red flags up with everybody that knew my sister very well. And my dad left work to go over to the house to check on what was going on. Because no answers were getting, no questions were getting answered from Austin. Like nothing was making any sense. And so my dad left work and went over there. And it was probably around noon. And Austin was there, so was my youngest nephew, Hagen. He was at the house. And Austin told my dad, you know, that she had just packed up and left, and he didn't know where she was, and nobody had any way of getting a hold of her. So my dad went back to work because that just wasn't making any sense. And the more I kept thinking about it, the more it was driving me crazy. So I left for my home, which is about an hour and a half away from my parents, and drove straight to their house. Well, by that time, it was probably about 3.30. My dad was back home from work. My mom was there. Um, my mom had been talking to Austin off and on and kept telling him he needed to file a missing persons report. And he kept telling my mom, well, I, you know, I think she might have just left and she'll be back. You know, she, she's done this before. And my mom's like, she has absolutely not done this before. Um, and she's not reached out to anybody. Myself, her friend, um, my parents, she, she's not reached out to anybody. So we knew something was not right. 
And so my mom said that she had given Austin till 7 o'clock that afternoon to call and make a missing persons report and had left it at that. But that wasn't sitting with me right, so I told my parents that I was going to leave their house and go to my sister's, which was 45 minutes from there. And my dad ended up going with me. And we showed up over at my sister's home um, that she had with Austin. And he wasn't there, but shortly after, because we sat and waited for a little bit, he shows up. And he's very shocked that we're there. And very unwelcoming, I guess you could say, was his demeanor when we got, when he saw that we were there. But he let us in the house, and we started asking him questions, and I got to looking around, and my sister's home at the time, which she was always a good housekeeper, like had everything in its place, but at the time, because CPS was involved with um, the child custody situation because of the allegations made against Austin of child abuse, um, her home was pristine. Like, she at all times wanted to make sure it was exactly the way it needed to be if CPS decided to show up. Because she wanted her kids back. And the house was destroyed. It was not the way my sister kept it. And every dish in the kitchen was dirty and strode everywhere. There was clothes everywhere. It just was not right and smelt very strong of bleach in the house. So for the state of the way the home was inside and it smelling like bleach, it just, everything was sending red flags off. So at that time, we, I told Austin, I said, we're not going anywhere. You're going to call and report her missing. And he still had refused to do that. So I called while we were there and reported my sister missing. And a couple hours later, the cops finally showed up. And Austin, his color in his face just went away. He was white as a ghost, very nervous. I had observed he had freshly shaved his head. Um, he claimed that the marks on the back of his head were from him cutting them with the razor, but they didn't look like razor scratches. They looked like someone had scratched the tar out of him with their fingernails. It wasn't from a razor. And I don't know who would think about, oh, I need to shave my head while my wife's messing kind of situation, you know? But also, what was very unusual was when we got back, my nephew was gone. And we asked where he was, and he said that he had had his mother come from Delhi, Louisiana, which is an eight-hour drive one way, he had her come and pick him up in a matter of a three-hour span from the time that my dad had seen him at the house when he stopped by 
to us getting back over there, she had already come from Delhi, Louisiana, and picked him up and turned around and drove back another eight hours, which she's never done in the past. She's always come and has stayed for a few days because she's got another child that lives around there. And so that was another huge red flag for us that she he had already called her my sister hadn't even been missing according to him 24 hours and he's already called his mom from louisiana to come get my nephew never called my mother or my dad never said anything to my dad when he stopped by the house that his mom was coming to get him and my mom, he knew my mom was off for the whole week, and they only lived 45 minutes away. So there was so, that was already throwing red flags off as it was. The cops show up, his behavior gets even stranger, and he's acting like he can't answer any questions other than just, telling them that, you know, my sister's got bipolar and she does this all the time and, you know, she'll be back in a couple of days. And I was getting very aggravated because he was telling me I could go look in their room, I could go look in their, uh, her closet to see what all was taken. And when I did... While the officer was there, I observed going into my sister's closet and everything from the clothes rack were either gone or thrown on the floor. Like I was standing on probably three feet deep of clothes and shoes and everything. When I went into the bathroom, all my sister's stuff was still there. When I got into the kitchen and observed and he kept saying because I kept asking did she take her medicine like my sister had certain things that she always carried with her at all times one was a camouflage backpack that she kept um diapers and change of clothes not diapers but change of clothes and her overnight stuff you know things that she might need because my sister was one of them that she would shower multiple times a day she did not like feeling dirty um she had a vape and all her little cartridges and and vape juice she carried in there and then she had a bunch of um sd cards um and flash drives because Every conversation she had with her ex-husband or anything that had to do with their custody situation, she recorded. So she kept all that on her at all times because she never knew when she was going to need it. Um, plus her purse and then all of her medication. So I had observed that all her medication was still at home. So I knew that she couldn't have left. And I asked where her purse and her phone and her bag and stuff were. And Austin said that he had her backpack, but that her purse and phone were gone. That she had to have taken that with her. 
Well, that didn't make any sense at all. And then I asked where her clothes were that she had on the night before when she was at the party because he claimed that she came home, changed into her pajamas, and went to sleep on the couch. Well, he couldn't even find the clothes that she had on that night. He said, I guess she put them back on. Well, that's another red flag because my sister would have never put back on clothes that she had already worn the night before. They were dirty. She'd have put on different clothes. And then I asked where the pajamas were that she had that he claimed that she changed out of. He never could find those either. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I'm, I was getting very frustrated with everything that he was telling the cop and the officer to the point where they ended, the officer that showed up called for a supervisor to come to the house as well. And I was pulled outside to talk to a second officer. <clears throat> when it came time for a statement to be written on Austin's behalf, he claimed that he could not write it. He had me write the statement and him sign it as to what transpired pro- before my sister went missing. Um. We didn't hear anything from Montgomery County Police Department for weeks after, or I'll say two weeks after my sister went missing. They did nothing. They did not assign a detective to come out and do any interviewing or any of that. They said that she's an adult. She can leave if she wants to leave. Did you bring up your suspicions, like, to the police in the moment? Like, when you said you came in and the house was in disarray and it smelled like bleach, like, did you, you know, say to the police that, like, something is really wrong here? And did they, you know... Yes, that's what I kept saying. I kept telling that officer that. And he he was getting upset with me because he wanted to hear from Austin. So that's when the other cop got called. And I just kept my tongue tied and, and bit you know, with frustration of everything I was hearing and seeing around in the house. So that's why the second officer got called out. Right. Because I kept telling him, this is not right. This is not right. 
did they not like did they ever search the property or the surrounding area for like any evidence that they like a struggle did, they did two weeks after my sister went missing think they finally went out and looked around a little bit at my sister's house um the vehicle that he was driving that night which had been cleaned that's the other thing that was just driving me berserk was the truck that he drove was covered in mold, had trash galore in the bed of it, in the cab of it. And all of a sudden, the truck was washed. I mean, it was immaculate. Like, somebody had detailed it. When he got my... Because he went back over... Um, the next day as well when he helped them move stuff he uh went back over he had a friend of his um take him back over there and get my sister suburban and bring it back to their house and when i went to go look and see what all was in the suburban because he claimed that her purse and her phone were gone um my sister's suburban had been ransacked like the glove box had been emptied out and everything put on the floorboard. Um, just everything was in a disarray in the vehicle. And I had even made mention of that to the officer. I made mention about the house and the condition it was in and the fact that he could not present any clothes that he claimed that she had on. And as far as I've seen in the house, none of her stuff that she would have taken when she left, if she had any intentions on leaving, was gone. And even her ex-husband had made mention when they had disagreements, when she would pack up and leave, she'd pack everything up and half of his stuff and, and take the kids. Yeah, that's... Uh... That all sounds very suspicious. What happened with her truck? Like, did the police impound it? Like, what, uh, did they even search it? No, like, what? they never, they never um, messed with her Suburban because they did not leave in the Suburban from the party. But they did impound Trav, uh, Austin's truck. And they claim that they never could find anything. But like I'm telling you, the truck went from disgusting to all of a sudden immaculate went by the time that they impounded his truck. Yeah, and between that, the scratches, the house, and the smelling of bleach, like that all right there, those are numerous big red flags. So the police do, two weeks later, they do a search. They don't find anything, right? Like, they don't find anything incriminating. They're just kind of like, she's she's gone, she's they left. They claim that they did not see anything or anything out of place. Um, they, from, I don't remember who or what detective we heard it from, but they did find sign of blood in the bathroom. But they said that that was not uncommon for a female uh, to have blood in the bathroom because of um, shaving, their menstrual cycle, um, the 
those kind of things that it wouldn't be uncommon that there'd be blood in the bathroom. Well, that's when I brought up the fact that my sister had had a hysterectomy, so she didn't bleed. Like, she didn't have monthly menstrual cycles. And as far as shaving, I couldn't even begin to tell you the last time that she cut herself. Like, it wasn't new to shave. So if they found any kind of amount of traceable blood, it was not from that. And I don't know who would cut themselves that bad to have blood other than in the tub. You know, when you're shaving, you're going to wash it off. Yeah. Um, I was reading online, uh, and this may be old news or old information, so maybe it's not as relevant anymore, but there was some discussion around this place, Three Mile Creek, and I'm wondering, I think you had mentioned, or someone in your family had mentioned maybe uh, in the past that it might hold some answers to what happened to your sisters. Do you want to tell me about that, and is that still relevant to, to where the investigation is today? I don't know if it's relevant or not. Um, so from the place that they were at with the bar the trailer park that they were at that they were doing the barbecue with so uh, we we tracked every possible direction that they could have left to get home like we we mapped out every avenue that they could take between the trailer park and their home to get home and three mile creek was one of them one of the directions as a family, we don't feel that she ever made it home that night just from the lack of him being able to present her clothes, her not showing up, uh, returning any calls to anybody. Like we, we feel that something happened to her while they were on their way home, them arguing something, Something happened. And so Three Mile Creek is one of the the largest bodies of water on the way back home. There was multiple other areas. There was a large area, actually, of searches that we did. Uh, One of my closest friends that I've been friends with for 30-plus years coordinated a lot of searches. So we covered a lot of area, but Three Mile Creek, it just seemed like a convenient place to be able to dump somebody because of the water, and it was the closest. So we searched all that. I even We even had somebody come and dive it and do a grid pattern all around that creek area, but we never found anything. Did you um, find anything like that was suspicious during your searches? Um, like anything at all that might lead you to believe something happened on that drive home? No, actually, we never did find anything. But then again, there was nothing at their home either to to prove that she made it back home. Yeah, and I guess the house being in disarray, like, do you think that was... To me, it sounded like maybe there was a fight at the home, but maybe also someone had, you know, messed up everything to make it look like something else. Like, that seems very suspicious if someone, you know, keeps a nice, tidy home. It looks more 
like someone had messed it up hmm. looking for something or making it look like she had gone in in a hurry and, and was trying to grab things. Yeah, that's what I thought when you were talking about that. Like someone had kind of staged it to look like that. That someone was either yeah, trying, trying to pack in a hurry. That's how it looked. Where are things now? I know it's been a little while. And you, like you said, the police have not it's been, been much help. It's been over eight years. Yeah. And it's... like, is the investigation still active with the police? Like, do they still give you updates? Like, where are things as they stand right now? We never really got updates to begin with. We always had to call and ask questions and even then we kind of got a runaround. our original attorney i mean not attorney but detective that was on the case tom ganucci he was wonderful he he kept us up to date at the very beginning um with what they were doing where they were searching um who they were questioning to as much as information as he could give without giving things away. And shortly after that, he got pulled off the case. And he never really was ever told why he got pulled off the case. Um, they never had mentioned that anybody was a um, suspect in the, the case. Um, but they were very limited on what conversations they were able to have with Austin because he had turned up so quickly. So did his mom. And then, like I said, they obtained an attorney for Hagen. So them three were off limits. And nobody ever really pushed to get through to be able to interview them and, and multiple times, you know, to see if their story changed over time. They still have yet to re-interview them years later. And like I said, we, we've had so many different, I don't even know who the detective is on the case now. It's changed that much. But Paul Hawk has been... I think he's over all the detectives, and he's been the one that's been off and on on our case and then reassigns it to other people. It's been just a really long, drawn-out situation with no answers. It sounds like it would be fairly obvious to look into Danielle's husband pretty seriously, like... Do you think they seriously looked at him? Like, did, did he have a relationship no, with law enforcement? No, I don't feel or? they did because that's been our biggest complaint from day one is why are you not looking at him? But we found out that he's got multiple friends in the Montgomery County Police Department, Sheriff's Department, and I don't know if that has anything. It's almost like they're trying to cover things up for him. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I know that was a lot of the comments that I got when I posted in the group to see if, you know, if someone wanted to talk to me that, you know, pretty much everyone had said, you know, look at the look at the husband. That's where the answer is. So many people they could have interviewed that know my sister outside of family and they've never talked to him, to them. 
Yeah, it's, that's very bizarre and, and sketchy. Like, it sounds like they're maybe purposely not looking as hard as they could. Yes. That's how we have felt from day one. It. I begged for two weeks after my sister went missing to be able to get Texas EquiSearch, which is a search group, um, to come out and look for her. And the sheriff's department would not allow it. They didn't allow it till over two weeks after she had been missing when they finally decided to go look at her house um, to allow Texas EquiSearch to come out for the weekend. And they did. They came out and set up for the whole weekend and had bunch of volunteers Uh, a lot of our family and friends came out and helped search as well and when they left because they couldn't find anything themselves we continued with the searches for two years after my sister went missing every person that we could get a hold of that had property between the trailer park and my sister's house and they gave us permission to go look we went and looked We sent out thousands and thousands of flyers through the post office um, with her missing persons poster. We went all over to businesses with her missing persons poster. Through all of that, her husband never came out and was involved, ever. Not one search did he show up at to try to help find her. Not one time did he come out and help us hand out flowers, uh, flyers. And not one time would he allow anybody to interview him for the news station about his wife missing. And for six months after my sister went missing, he left his son in Louisiana with his mom. It had gotten so bad that my husband and I both loaded up and drove to Delhi, Louisiana to try to see where my nephew was because he kept him away from all of us. And are the kids still with, with him as far as you know, with Austin? The two older boys are with their dad. And the youngest is with Austin. We've not seen him in over eight years. Not had any contact with him in over eight years. Because shortly after my sister went missing, they took Austin's phone to go through it. And he claims that they destroyed it. So he got another phone. And from our understanding, when he got another phone, he got a completely different phone number. Like, he didn't get another phone and keep his phone number for, you know, somebody that's claiming that his wife just left and she'll be back. Wouldn't you keep the same number so she could reach you? But instead, he got a new phone with a new phone number. And we've never been given that number. He's never reached out to us. Do you know, like, has he stayed in the area or do you know if he's moved away? No, he's still in the same home that him and my sister had. But he put up a gate after my sister went missing and posted a bunch of no trespassing signs. 
Yeah, that's very, very odd uh, behavior for the spouse of someone who's gone missing. For those listening right now, like, what do you hope the public can do to help with this? Like, what's gonna, what's it going to take to find out what happened? Like, what can the public do to help, you know, figure this all out? Reach out to the Montgomery County Sheriff's Department and push for my sister's case to be investigated. It's gone to cold case now. They put it in a box and put it on a shelf and are not doing anything about it. They're not doing their job of reaching out and investigating and re-interviewing and putting the pressure on Austin for answers and talking to my youngest nephew. If something traumatic happened that night, it's not something he's going to forget. They've allowed Austin to isolate my youngest nephew from his family he doesn't even have him enrolled in school. He claims through other people that we've talked to that he's homeschooling them, and we don't even think that's happening. Reached out to the FBI. We've reached out to the Texas Rangers. Like, for whatever reason, and I don't understand it, nobody can get past so uh, somebody in the the department to be able to get any kind of answers it's like what are what are they trying to cover up i'm not saying my sister was a perfect person and sweet and innocent she's had her flaws but she did not walk away from her children and her family with no contact in eight years and uh i guess if someone does want to send in a tip they should probably send it to the montgomery police department is that the as far as you know that's still the agency that has your sister's case correct okay correct um is there anything else that we didn't discuss information that you think is important that you want to share no that's pretty much everything i mean we just we want answers and we've gotten none Again, if you know anything about Danielle's disappearance, please contact the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office at 936-760-5876. Also, please check out the Bring Danielle Home Facebook page for more information on Danielle's case. I've linked it in the description. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show appreciation, you can buy me a coffee at the link in the description. If you want to support the podcast monthly, you can head to the Patreon. For $5 a month, you get ad and sponsor-free episodes, exclusive content, and early access to all new episodes of the podcast. If you don't want to spend any money, but you want to support the podcast, you can leave me a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Also, you can find the Missing Unexplained podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please consider following for updates and new content. Thanks for listening to the Missing and Unexplained podcast. <laughs>